Hello again, running friends. It's James here, and I'm back with another one of my daily running podcasts. Now, many of you who have been following me for a while, whether it's on the blog, on Facebook, on YouTube, on here on the podcast, you'll know that I am a bit of a geek when it comes to running form and all things running biomechanics. Certainly an area of interest of mine for a long, long time and clearly very closely tied up with my uh, my interest in, in running injuries and rehabbing running injuries specifically. So I want to talk today a little bit about a topic which is clearly very much linked to running biomechanics. In fact, the way in which, for a lot of us, at hand, we have a lot of data about our running biomechanics. Data which is captured either from our um, our GPS watch or from GPS watch paired with a foot pod or with chest strap. Again, depending on the kind of uh, tech that you're using, even some other pods like... Um, like the Stripod, for example, which I've actually just received a, um, a unit of and I'm looking forward to testing. Lots of different ways that we can actually collect data. And the question is, how do we interpret the data that we get now fed to us? Things like cadence, I think a lot of us have a, a good understanding of, but things like contact time, stride length, vertical oscillation, um, vertical ratio, all those sorts of things all well and good having the data, but how do we actually use that data? How can we actually start to also draw connections between, for example, ground contact time and vertical oscillation or between um, yeah, contact time balance, for example? So looking at left versus right, um, how much do we need to worry about that in terms of what is a significant asymmetry versus what's pretty normal? So I want to talk a little bit around that today. So let's start out pretty straightforward. Let's start out talking about cadence. So cadence, you can call it what you like. Cadence, stride frequency, step rate, leg speed, all sorts of different terms for exactly the same thing. It's literally the number of times your legs turn over in a minute. And it can be either referred to as either counting one side. So let's say we're looking at someone who's a cadence of, you could say 90, that would be the same as referencing both sides and call that 180. Typically, myself, I tend to reference both, both sides at once. And again, 180 is an, often a figure which is banded around, rightly or wrongly, based on some uh, observational research done by Jack Daniels back in the day, where he was observing some elite runners from middle distance through to marathon, and with a few outliers, kind of picked that 180 to 200 steps per minute is where a lot of the elites find themselves running from a cadence point of view at uh, at competition pace. So if we're looking at 1,500 metres, 800 metres through to marathon. Now, what's interesting and kind of scary in some respects um, is that uh, at elite levels, the distance between your elites running 1,500 metres, the pace they're running at versus your elites running marathon again the pace they're running at it's not hugely dissimilar obviously it is different paces but very different to if I went to the track and ran a best effort 1500 meters the pace that would look like versus my best effort marathon again two much uh, two paces with much bigger of a spread between the two and with cadence being one of the two variables that brings up your pace, the other being stride length, naturally, if there's more of a variance between you know, your best effort 1500 meters and best effort marathon pace, then naturally, there's going to be a little bit more variance between not just the stride length you use to achieve that pace, but also the cadence you use to achieve that pace. So cadence should be a, a, um, 
a, a metric which we see as a variable, not just a constant. So a lot of the time when people think about that kind of uh, observational research that was done looking at elites, they kind of deconstruct that and say, well, if, they, if they're running from you know, 180 to 200 strides per minute, then, well, that's where we all should be trying to run at. We should all try to run at uh, 180 as a, as a baseline cadence. But the problem is what happens to kind of four and a half hour marathoner, John or Jane, who um, is realistically unlikely to be running with the same ratio between cadence and uh, and stride length as your marathon runner who's running two hours and change naturally trying to hit 180 strides per minute when they're running at perhaps an easy pace long run on a Sunday that's going to be unlikely so naturally I tend to uh, expect to see a little bit of give in terms of cadence and try and look at cadence alongside things like vertical oscillation cadence alongside things like stride length but not just stride length in the way in which your Garmin will measure stride length so talking about the difference between one foot four to the next but more so talk about um, your stride length relative to your center of mass now when we talk about stride length relative to center of mass we're really looking at your tendency to overstride so if we see someone who's starting to overstride a little and again as I said this isn't measured by um, most um, consumer you know, kind of the big consumer brands. So Garmin, for example, won't won't measure this. But if you're starting to overstride, for example, then what we're seeing is you're running for a given pace with too slow of a cadence and therefore compensating by making too long of a stride length, landing the foot too far in front of you and effectively slamming the brakes on stride by stride. So what happens when that occurs, and this is where it does tie into some of the, the metrics that we're given, is that with too slow of a cadence, you're running with a longer contact time that it then is optimal. So your contact time will increase. And at the same time, you'll start to see that your vertical oscillation will start to increase the amount to you. That your center of mass bounces up and down as you run because with the increased contact time, what we refer to as limb stiffness starts to decrease. Okay, you don't need to worry too much about what that means, but more so what it what it really uh, relates to, what it ends up with, is you end up creating more up and down motion than we ideally need when it comes to the way in which you you load stride by stride. So you're wasting up and down energy as you're running. Okay, so alongside that, as we're looking at contact time, we can start to also look at the difference between right and left contact time. So. From a theoretical standpoint, it would be great if we were you know, balanced 50-50 in terms of the contact time we spend on the left versus we spend on the right. But in reality, very few of us, if any of us, are really truly um, going to be 50-50. We are mostly asymmetrical, um, and that's okay. That's normal. If I see someone who's getting closer to 60-40, that's a little bit more of a concern, but you know, a few percentage in either direction. So whether we're 48-52, whether we're 47-53, you know, it, it's, it's not so much of a concern of mine. Big asymmetries, that's something which is some, uh, perhaps part of the puzzle when it comes to looking at existing injuries or compensations from old injuries or, or something which gives us clues as to why perhaps you're overloading one side versus the other. But where it's small percentages, here and there. Again, just don't worry too much if you're not bang on 
And again, if we're looking at um, something like that, I don't particularly look at uh, vertical ratio, for example, which is another one of the metrics we're given. Uh, it's uh, the ratio between vertical oscillation and stride length. But essentially what we're after is a lower uh, number to indicate that we're not getting too much bounce in our stride, too much vertical you know, they call it, as they call it, vertical oscillation, which is a fancy, fancy way of saying bounce, um, within your running stride. Basically, we're looking to find a way of reducing the amount of wasted energy straight up and down. So hopefully that helps a little bit in terms of tying in a few different metrics. So talking about cadence, talking about stride length, vertical oscillation, um, ground contact time, ground contact time balance, the way in which ground contact time and, uh, and cadence are so closely linked together. And naturally, for a given pace, the fact that your cadence should increase and decrease with a give, with, um, sorry, not for a given pace, but with variable pace, your cadence should increase and decrease, but you can get an impression for if your cadence, particularly when you're running easy, if your cadence has dropped too much, you'll find that you're getting too much vertical oscillation. Or indeed, if you're finding that as you're trying to run fast, your cadence isn't elevating enough, you'll find, again, as a compensation, because of the way in which we have to stride out more, you might find that your uh, you'll notice that your, your stride length is disproportionately increasing to a point, but also your vertical oscillation will start to increase and your contact time will get that little bit longer. Okay, and again, those, those elements are elements which you know, are going to reduce the efficiency. So... Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that hasn't just muddied the water further. Do take the time to have a little bit of a look at your, your running data if you do have that available based on the, uh, the various different wearables that we now have these days. Um, and, you know, just start to, start to get an appreciation for perhaps what it means a little bit. But at the same time, don't obsess over it. You know, don't forget what's really important is getting out there, getting the miles in, being progressive with the, the way in which we're, um, which we're over time just gently, gently progressing the amount of running we're doing um, and not trying to make big changes from a form perspective in any one go. It's small changes over time if you are looking to make any changes. But as I said, hopefully this helps. If you're enjoying these daily podcasts, and I am trying to cover all sorts of different running-related topics, and I'm very open to suggestion. Yesterday's beginners um, focused podcast was very much off the back of a tweet that I received received earlier in the day. So please do let me know. I would uh, be fascinated to know, to know what you guys and girls would be interested in listening to. Um, so let me know on Twitter, let me know on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you're enjoying them, let me know also over on iTunes. I would very much appreciate you just taking a moment to jump on over there, leave a rating, leave a review, let me know what's on your mind, and I'll speak to you in tomorrow's podcast. Bye now.